1: Albert, welcome to the show, bud.
2: Yeah, sorry about that, Nick. I'm on Central Time, so um, kind of screwed me a little bit. But we're good now. So you're in Mobile.
1: Yeah. What's What's the hang like in Mobile so far?
2: Uh, I mean, it's like, for me, like this is sort of a networking trip, you know. So, um, it's I, you know, like I, I, the best way to describe it is like, yeah, there's the, the 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 players here, and that's an important piece of it. I think it's sort of the unofficial kickoff to the season. Or the new year for, you know, the 30 teams that aren't in the Super Bowl. And so you got a lot of guys out there that, um, you know, it's the first time I think, you know, like a lot of the general managers will be in front of one another. And, you know, there are times when, you know, you'll hear stories of trades that actually start here, you know, like the staffer trade two years ago started here. Um, the Kirk Cousins, uh, contracts negotiation broke down here, you know, so, um, it's where a lot of the planning does start towards the following season and, um, and so, yeah, like there's that stuff going on. And, uh, but it's not a bad city either. I mean, I think Dustin's told you, I'm sure, um, for a little city in Alabama, it's good restaurants, good bars, not a bad place.
1: All right. I'm going to make you do it. Uh, senior bowl week or combine week. What do you prefer?
2: Oh, very different. Um, still a lot of drinking from wore, what I've heard. I'm worn out. I'm worn out by both of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I think combine where you see more people, um, there's more media, which is a little problematic. Um, you know, but I, I don't know. I, 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 they're very, for me, at least they're very, very similar, you know, in that, um, there's just, there's, there's news happening and and right now we still have the coaching searches going on at the combine. There's things like the franchise tag decisions and extensions for players and all that different stuff happening. So there are definitely some similarities, um, between the two. I, I don't. know, I guess Indy, but I, like it'd be close. Like I, you know, this is a little shorter too. This is only three nights for combine we i stay there for six nights.
1: Yeah, it's the gauntlet. I've been to the combine. Yeah. I've not been to Mobile. Good God! And it, by the way, it's it's amazing. But uh, you can only be so hungover, uh, whether <laughs> regardless of your age, and that tends to weird, happen. Though,
2: what's weird is like the first night is really bad, and then like I almost no, it's almost like the body adapts. You know what I mean? <laughs> like so, it's not as bad after that. So yeah, um I'm not 25 anymore, that's for sure.
1: Albert, how many takes did the Tom Brady retirement video take?
2: It's a great question. I mean, it was made to look like one, right? Like that was the whole idea of it. Like that, you know, all right, like I'm going to take a deep breath and do this, but um I, I had someone actually identify that. So I guess he was in LA at the um in LA at the uh at the, the um the premiere last night. And from what I understand, um, that video, like where it looked like, and I can't remember the name of it, but it's, it's somewhere in South Florida, like near where he lives in Miami. So I had a couple of people identify where he was sitting there on that beach as being in South Florida. So, um, did he flip his phone open and film that thing there? No. Um, you know, but it certainly made the look that way. And I do think part of this is look, like you're, It was a big decision. There's a lot of thought that went into this and, you know, part of that thought is how are you going to roll this out? And I do think, like his intention here, was to make it seem like less produce. You know what I mean? To make it seem like I don't want to make as big a deal out of this because I did this last year. And I think it's good that he at least had the self awareness not to try to turn this thing into a you know turn this into content the way they sort of did last year.
1: All right. So this next one's a two parter. Will this retirement stick? And why not one more year for Tom Brady?
2: Yes, it'll stick. And I think it won't be, I think for Brady, a big part of it is just what's happened in his life over the last year, you know, and I think there's a lot of things that happened over the last year that where he left us breadcrumbs that there were things happening that were going to make playing football again hard. And, you know, obviously, like he took the time off at the end of August to take care of personal matters. And then, you know, during the season, I was it Pittsburgh, right? Like where they were, they were going to play the Steelers and he went to Robert Kraft's party and met the team in Pittsburgh. That's something he never would have done 10 years ago, you know? And so you start to see like where like different parts of his life and and has, as his, as his life has sort of, um, you know, changed over the last year, everything became more complicated. And so I think a big piece of this is just like, to get himself on the field this year and get himself ready to play this year and be there on Sundays and still manage everything he had going on in his life with his divorce and his kids being in different places and all the rest of it. I know it's going to make it hard regardless. And then, you know, like what sort of football situations were out there for him? I think the best two were probably in San Francisco and Vegas, right? Because of his familiarity with people in Vegas and because of the talent that's there in San Francisco. Well, if you're going to do that, like, are you willing to go away essentially for six months where you've got two kids in Miami and another one in New York? And how often are you going to be able to see them? They're getting older now. So I think all that stuff went into the decision here. And yeah, I do think it's final.
1: Albert Breer, MMQB on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline. Albert, can I get you to help me start the Aaron Rodgers to San Francisco train?
2: I, so I, I think that's an, it's an interesting idea, Nick, because like you look at it, and, um, like where they are from a roster standpoint, obviously they've got elite players all over the place. You know, Debo and, and Iuk and, and, and Kittle and Trent Williams and Nick Bosa and Fred Warner. And, um, Drake Greenlaw is like getting there. Like it's our Eric Armstead. It's a, it's a loaded roster that is, I uh, like, I mean, been in the NFC championship game for the last four years. And so, yeah, I mean, I think the, the where they are at the quarterback position. Is awkward and weird. Like they don't know exactly how Brock, Brock Purdy is going to come up, come back off of that surgery, um, and they don't know like where Trey Lance is going to be at. Like they don't have enough information on Trey Lance right now. You know what I mean? Like, are they hopeful? Like the Trey could make could, could could make major strides. Sure, they are. I mean, everybody loves the kid. It's and he works hard. You know, um, is he a natural enough thrower of the football? You know. Um, So it feels to me like with the roster they have, they're in this awkward spot with their young quarterbacks. You know, be it by health or be it because of development or a combination of both. And I just I like I, the way I look at it. Like it, it'd be really really hard for me if I'm them not to have, at the very least, a fail safe there, a fail safe option there with Purdy and with Lance. And I mean. I, I think I, like you look at the roster, and if the opportunity to go and get somebody like Rodgers presents itself, I think you have to really think about it. And here's the other thing. like, You know, you, you, you look at where they are from a cap standpoint, that's going to play into it, too. So would Rodgers be willing to take less to come to San Francisco? How's it going to impact their negotiations on an extension with Nick Bosa, where Nick Bosa you would think is going to become the highest-paid defensive player in the league? Um, there's just a lot of questions there and how they're going to handle this. And I do think because of, again, how the season ended for Trey Lance, how the season ended for Brock Purdy, um, the uncertainty of the quarterback position, I think probably means they're going to have to do something there. I'm just not sure what it is right now.
1: Albert, I believe you had the report that the bears are going to stick with Justin Fields, former OSU quarterback and, and look to potentially trade the number one pick. Uh, how did that come to be the decision out of Chicago?
2: Well, that wasn't what I reported um and it's not <laughs> your fault it's like these aggregating aggregation accounts um you know, wind up getting hold of things I say and sometimes turns something it wasn't it wasn't a report into a report. What I actually said, and this isn't your fault, Nick but what I actually said was like my sense is that the bears are at this point like probably going to and trending they're trending towards keeping Justin Fields, having Justin Fields as their starting quarterback, getting another year with Justin Fields there, and trading the number one pick, or at least trying to trade it. Now, I mean, is, there, is it possible they go through the evaluation process and fall head over heels and love with one of the quarterbacks? Yeah. But I don't think that's where things are right now. And so uh, my, my, my guess would be um, that you know we're going to get to April, and that pick is going to be in the market, and they're going to be building around Justin Fields. They really like the progress they got from him. On that coaching staff in their first year with him, and they want to give him a better chance and build around him. And they have a hundred billion dollars in cap space, and they they have draft capital now. And so, I the way that they look at it right now is we've got a great opportunity now to use the first pick as a piece of capital to build around Justin Fields and to see what we have in Justin Fields and uh, and take it from there. And so, I I I I think as of right now, the idea is. Like I said, hold on Justin Fields and and trade the number one overall pick. But I'm not saying unequivocally that couldn't change over the next couple of months.
1: Albert Breer, MMQB on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Let's move to the coaching market here. Sean Payton was – it appeared to be the first domino that fell yesterday in terms of reporting – and then there were conflicting reports about whether Denver had circled back on on D'Amico Ryans, who then became the Texans head coach. There were also reports previously that they had circled back to, to, to Jim Harbaugh. Is it fair to look at Sean Payton and wonder whether Denver just traded uh, two top 64 picks for their third choice?
2: I think it's a moving target. That's the best way I would describe it, Nick. I think the the cost, the, the the front end and back end cost of going and getting Sean Payton, um, I do think that there was, they, the, I think the owners there, I think the team there balanced that with the idea of getting D'Amico Ryan's, for, I mean, comparatively a lot less, and I do think that you know there was there was a point where, at least my feeling is D'Amico Ryan's was probably the leader. Now, they had their first interview with Peyton on January 17th. And, I mean, smartly because, you know, I think that this, you know, like they they knew, like, this thing could have some twists and turns. They just sort of stayed on top of it with Peyton. They stayed in touch with Peyton. And, you know, really until yesterday, that thing hadn't really gotten off the ground. And I think, you know, the fact that, like, last week the ship had sort of sailed on D'Amico – And D'Amico had sort of focused in on Houston, you know, and then, you know, I think the the prospect of going and getting Harbaugh and could they count on that happening? I I just think that they felt like the safe play, the, the the one that would would make the most sense for where they are right now is Sean Payton. So I, that's why I say it's a moving target. I don't think it went, it, it was, Sean Payton was the third choice from start to finish. Um, you know but i but but, but, I do think that there were points in the process where I think people in that building, if they told you honestly, would say that Sean Payton wasn't at the top of the list.
1: Albert, we got two more openings in the n f l What are your best guess at what happens at Arizona and Indianapolis?
2: Well, I initially thought Arizona was going to be Brian Flores for a number of different reasons um I'd sort of back off of that right now, um and i I think you know, like looking at a couple of the you know, a couple of the the the, the 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 guys that have gone through there could uh, Izhiro Evero pull the upset. Do they look at the idea of promoting Vance Joseph? Um, you know, Brian Callahan has a connection to Monty Austin for it. Like, does that play into it? Um, you yeah, know, I, I, they want new ideas in the building. That's pretty clear. And so, I, I do think that you know, like, there's at least that I, I, Like, I would say, I, I would say. It, wouldn't, I, I, it shouldn't surprise anybody if the, the, the pick is a little bit out of left field compared to where they were at the start. Um, and the Colts have sort of been all over the place, too. So I, I think the names to watch in Indy right now, and I'd be surprised if it was Jeff Saturday, even though I know Jim Irse would sort of, you know, would kind of like to, would, would, would have really liked the idea of that at the start of all of this. Um, you know, I think Raheem Morris is somebody who did really, really well there. And uh has been there for two interviews now and so he's somebody I would keep an eye on. You know, then the other one would be again Callahan. He's got a uh he's got a great advocate in that building and Peyton Manning. Um and Peyton Manning's obviously got the relationships there with, with Jim Mersey. Um and then but like, there's a relationship with the general manager too, in that um and I don't think people know this, but Brian Callahan's dad was Bill Callahan, who people in Cleveland know. He actually coached Chris Ballard in college at Wisconsin. And so there are some interesting kind of connections there that could connect Callahan to, to Indianapolis.
1: Looking to the Browns here, the last time you were on last week, you had teased potentially uh, a maybe that the Browns could try and make an aggressive move here. Now, you pointed to wide receivers. And the thing we didn't have time to ask you last year, or sorry, last time you're on, is like, what are the names we should look at if the Browns decide to get aggressive in trying to make a swing, uh, a swing of trade for wide receivers?
2: I mean, like, and this stuff always evolves. Like, nobody would have said at this time last year that Tyreek Hill was going to be available, and then he was, you know? So, um, I certainly think, you know, it's possible that there's somebody we're not going to talk about now that's going to be available at the end of February. Um, a couple names I just have on my radar, you know, DeAndre Hopkins is the obvious one. Everybody's talked about that. New coach, new general manager. He's expensive. Um, you know, he's sort of high maintenance. Um, so he'd be one, he's obviously got the relationship with Deshaun. So that would help. Um, you know, I I think another one, Mike Evans, um, and I think that's sort of dependent on what Tampa decides to do now and whether or not, whether they decide it's time to sort of tear it down and take their medicine from a cap standpoint, if that happens, then, you know, certainly I think somebody like that could become available, Um, And if you want to look at younger guys, like Jerry Judy was one that was on my radar, but now that Sean Payton's there. I think that that's probably less likely. So those would be three names that I've sort of taken a look at. And I I, I do think that, you know, like there's a possibility we're going to get, you know, two, three months or two months from now, and all of a sudden there'll be this name and that name that's on a different team and, and, and none of us saw it coming. So, That's something that I think will evolve as as teams sort of get into contract negotiations with their own players. You know, talk to players about pay cuts, talk to players about moving money around. Uh, I think some of that stuff you'll start to hear about that probably around the combine with, you know, all those situations evolving over the next four weeks between now and then.
1: Real quick, Albert, what would chasing those wide receivers mean for potential contract extensions for Amari Cooper and, and Donovan Peoples Jones?
2: Um,. I don't know that it would mean much. I don't think it would change much. Like I think if you're going to bring in one of those guys, now if you bring in a Judy then maybe you have to extend him and that could be a little awkward, you know, if you've got your own guys that that, that may need their own deals done. Um, but if it's one of the veteran guys, like who is going to be coming in for probably a couple of years, like, I'm not sure that it really changes much with Amari Cooper or Donovan people's Jones. And with Amari in particular, I would just think maybe, I, like the, the way I would look at that one is, um, you know, like you, you you could almost pit those two guys against each other. You know what I mean? Like you're gonna, you you may keep one around beyond the term of his contract, and then the other one doesn't get an extension. So I don't think it'll have a ton of. A, I don't think it'll have like a huge negative effect. on the way they're they're able to negotiate those contracts, I would think, unless it's a, again somebody younger where you have to extend them right away, it'll sort of be dealt with as a separate matter.
1: Albert, you're the man. Enjoy Mobile, and we'll talk to you next week, buddy. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Nick. Have a good one. You too, bud. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.